0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Uh, it is great to be back. I I have been uh, chomping at the bit to get back in here. And I, you know, uh, well, let me start off by welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Uh, this is on point with Victor. I am Victor is, uh and this is America's Way Radio. Um, I, you know, look, I, I, I missed last week, and I've just been chomping at the bit ever since to to get back in. And if, if some of you are wondering, as I have gotten some questions on where what, what was I doing last week, well, I actually had to uh, go to Mexico. It's been a great time down there, and actually. I want to just give a quick shout-out to the Hard Rock uh, Cancun Resort, the Hard Rock Resort in Cancun. Uh, That place is amazing. The staff is amazing. Everything about it is absolutely amazing. If you're looking to take a trip next year and you want to go uh, kick back and relax on an all-inclusive resort or at an all-inclusive resort and you want to enjoy a beautiful, beautiful beach, um, go to Cancun and stay at the Hard Rock uh, because the Hard Rock – um, resort in in Cancun uh, I can't speak highly of it enough. They were wonderful. The staff was amazing. They go out of their way to, uh, to to really make it an enjoyable trip and uh,
2: Now when I was in high school, Cancun was known for something besides that.
1: <laughs> I'm almost afraid to ask what <laughs> And uh, then you got a shot when you got back <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right, that probably was the case uh, But it is very Americanized now In a way, I guess I should say uh, They're very welcoming to Americans And uh, even uh, welcoming to Trump supporters You know, it's quite interesting uh, In fact, you know, David uh, And folks, those of you listening I always, I sometimes refer to David As the uh, producer Dave or, or uh, owner Dave Um or the legend, Dave, <laughs> but he is the station owner. And Dave, I tell you, I, uh, some of the people, the staff at the Hard Rock, when they saw my name, um, they really, really rolled out the red carpet. And I was convinced that somehow, some way, somebody must have tuned into America's Web Radio <laughs> and actually be familiar <laughs> with, with us, maybe. But uh, I did uh, speak a little bit about it, and uh, it was interesting to see because there were. You know, there are people there that wait, uh, tables, they, they clean the floors. You know, all the workers there that work from, uh, we're talking 10, 12, 13-hour days. And they had a – it's neat because that is the working class of Mexico. That's that that what, what we call the laborers of Mexico. And to hear their perspective sometimes on the U.S., because they're inundated with cuz I turned tuned into you know all you can get there is CNN. Uh you can get CNN English, CNN Spanish, uh and that's it. And then you get uh, some of the local of course Mexican news stations and and it's pretty pretty uh frustrating because they're being spoon-fed exactly what our fake news is spoon-feeding spoon-feeding here in you know, the Americans and uh, but there are. It's neat to hear because some of those guys they actually get beyond what they're being told, and they see. It's same thing that, that I talk about here is we're seeing a, a good economy. Well, when when the economy in the United States goes up, the economy in Mexico goes up. And these people see it. So Trump is not a hated figure like the media will try and tell you that he is. Uh, So it was really neat to see. And I ran into a a lot of people that were from all over the country, uh, and I have to say the majority of them were Trump supporters. So it was really neat, and it was a positive thing, and I enjoyed getting to meet some of these – the the locals and and some of the out-of-towners. Uh, but anyway, uh, that, that's all I'll say about that. Just don't, don't want to give the hard rock too much until they start paying for sponsorship. Uh, but it was a great place, and I do recommend it. Uh, so <clears throat> let me get into some things. I, I actually, to be honest, I, I would really love – I wanted to come in here and not talk about the so-called, air quotes, Im- impeachment hearings. Um, or, or also you could refer them to as my feelings are hurt hearings. Because when you get down to it, you've got a lot of deep state, administrative state, uh, Washington swamp, whatever you want to call them. These are career bureaucrats who have had their feelings hurt. And now they're being uh, – they're rushing to the floor of the uh, House to give uh, their witness – and I'm using that air quotes again, folks – witness air, uh, witness testimony on this uh, so-called impeachment hearings. And uh, so – I, I really, really would love to talk about something else, but because of some requests and some emails I've gotten, I, I, I'm going to bring a common sense and logical analysis that you're probably only going to get, well, at least this kind, maybe, uh, from On Point with Victor um, with my show. So, I uh, look, I if you can take off your D hat, if you can take off your R hat, uh and be a little objective. Just listen to what I have to say today because once I say it and uh, at any time, uh, again, I would beg anyone to email me, contact the show any way you you want uh, and refute my argument. Um, I don't care where you went to school. I don't care uh, how many PhDs you have. I don't care your academic pedigree is what I'm trying to say Uh, because if you can't knock out my, my argument with logic, coherent, and 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 a, a, a good factual basis, then your pedigree doesn't matter. Because I beg you to... Well, I'll sit here and say that you're not going to be able to uh, come back at my argument and beat it with logic or with facts. So I'm going to get into that. But what I want to do here real quick, uh, before I get into this what's again what's going on and this sham these sham hearings um i want to break this down basically uh, just the most the easiest common sense and logic that i can use and and basically one or two paragraphs and and uh, just blow up this whole impeachment hearing fiasco um so so pull in turn up your radios turn up your streaming devices whatever you're using and just listen to this real quick. Again, you, you, you try and be objective here. Take off your D hat. Take off your R hat. And listen to these factual points I'm about to make to you uh, in the most common sense and logical way in this one or two or three paragraphs. And uh, which will absolutely blow up this whole uh, fiasco of an impeachment hearings that, we, that we're having to in, in sit through uh, right now. So first of all. All right, I'm going to again just to blow up the whole narrative right now. So, so pull in and listen to this. So, there is one U.S. president. There is there has been a United States president who did withhold aid from the Ukraine. So now let's get this straight. Let's just just back up a little bit and remember these these impeachment hearings are supposedly because a couple of people. Heard the phone call and leaked it out to a CIA guy who's a Biden guy who ran to Schiff's office, you know, Schiff head Adam, and told him, hey, there's some quid pro quo going on. The aid was being withheld from the Ukraine. And in exchange for that aid, the request for for investigations and and, you know, all these terms were being set. So this is what we were we were we are supposed to believe. But then Donald Trump President Trump in his just the only way that this guy can do it um reacted on a very logical and, and common sense basis and said, Well, you know what? I'll just release the transcript. Because the one thing that the coup in Washington did not plan on was for President Trump to release the transcript. So, all right. So here now, let's go back to to my blowing up the narrative here. So remember, this whole thing they're trying to tell you is that Trump withheld aid and blah, blah, blah. Well, let's look at the facts. There is one United States president who really did withhold aid from Ukraine. In fact, this aid was withheld for eight years. Eight years, folks. Aid was withheld from the Ukraine. That president was President Obama. So think about that. Think about that for a moment. The only president who held withheld aid to the Ukrainian government for eight years, President Obama. Again, pe- folks, just the facts. Just the facts. I'm not telling you if, if President Obama was a Democrat or Republican. That doesn't matter right now. What matters, and believe me, folks, you may be laughing, but there are people out there who... I could go on the street to a college campus and say, did you like Republican Obama? Did you like President Obama as a Republican? Did you think he was a good president? And they would look at you and tell you he was the best. He was great. Even though I could predicate everything I said about Obama and call him a Republican, they would just flow with it because they wouldn't know. So I joke about it, but but there are people out there. But anyway, all right, I'm getting sidetracked. So let me go back to this. So the one president... The one United States president that withheld aid from the Ukraine for eight years, President Obama. All right. So fact number two, there is a top United States official who engaged in a quid pro quo with the Ukrainian president. There is a top official of the United States who did look at the Ukrainian envoy, uh, including the president of the Ukraine at the time, and he said, you have six hours to fire your attorney general. If you don't, you will not see the six or however many billions of dollars in aid that you have been promised. In fact, the president of the Ukraine looked at this official from the United States and said, but you're not the president. That money's been promised to us. And this top official looked at the Ukrainian president and said, Oh, really? Just try me. Why don't you call the president? You either fire the attorney general of the Ukraine, or you kiss the billions of dollars in aid goodbye. This was all done. There are witnesses to it. In fact, the top U.S. official who did the quid pro quo, who said those things I just told you, he said was is on video and you can look it up on YouTube if they haven't taken it down yet but you could search this you could google it or or uh, go to duckduckgo and and do a search you will find the top of one of the top officials of the United States who actually admitted and bragged about giving an alternative quid pro quo to the then president of Ukraine what he said was if you want this billions of dollars of aid, you will fire your current attorney general. Folks, that was Vice President Joe Biden. Just the facts here, folks. Just the facts. Doesn't matter if you're a D. Doesn't matter if you're an R. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. The facts are the only person on record and on video admitting to a quid pro quo Joe Biden. Now, don't blame me if you're not seeing this on CNN and MSNBC and all that. Blame yourself if that's the only place you're getting your news from. But again, any of you out there who doubt me or want to say that I'm engaging in conspiracy, uh, go ahead. Contact the show. Call me. Send me a message. Email me, victor at americaswebradio.com. I'll put you on the show because you cannot refute the facts that i am giving Uh, all right folks i've got another fact to give but you know what we're going to take a break real quick let's get this break out of the way and we'll come back you're listening to on point with victor america's web radio
3: perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction if not you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol
2: Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around-Town Movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, Around-Town Movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around-Town Movers. Call them.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's okay, and we're back. If you're wondering why there was a pause there, I was waiting for my music. <laughs> but you know, this is live radio, folks. Things happen on live radio. So, uh, all right, let me jump back uh, right into this. Uh, so, those are the two, two. Those are two big facts that I gave you. So, let me give you another one. There was indeed one United States pre- president who did give aid to the Ukraine. There is indeed one United States president who started pushing back on Russia. There's one indeed United States president who is being very tough on Russia. Now before I give you this this president who did this or who's been doing this or is who has done this, let me refresh your memory of Ukrainian of the Ukrainian policy that there was the policy of the deep state, the administrative state, the Obama administration, uh, the Washington swamp. For eight years, the policy of the Ukraine was, hey, Ukraine, this – folks, again, you can look this stuff up and you can verify everything that I'm saying. You cannot destroy my argument. Look it up. But President Obama went to the Ukraine and told them, hey, you guys disarm. We, the United States, will have your back. You go ahead and disarm. We've got your back. And then what happened? Russia jumped in and basically seized one-third of the Ukraine. I mean, they, they annexed Crimea. They basically took over a third of the Ukraine. Where was the Obama administration? They just looked and... Oh, nothing to see here. Don't worry about that. Those Russians, are, you know, they're, they're just going to come in and hang out for a while. Um, so the Obama administration and the deep state and this, this, you know, all of this Washington swamp who had this apparently wonderful policy with the Ukraine – Basically, hung the Ukraine out to dry. And I already mentioned to you the one United States president who withheld aid to the Ukraine for eight years, and that was President Obama. But the one president that we have, that we do have, one president who actually gave aid, they gave javelin missiles to the Ukraine so they could start, have a way to protect themselves and push back at the Russians. That president was President Donald J trump so we have a fake narrative going on right now that we're trying to impeach a current duly elected president on the basis of him withholding aid to the ukraine for a little bit just oh my goodness he held it for a couple of days or a month or two months and we're supposed to believe that he did that because he wanted the ukraine to investigate joe biden Folks, you are being lied to, and you're being lied to by a lot of people who are supposed to be serving you. They're supposed to be serving we, the people. So let me – me let let's just go over this again real quick because I really want to drive this home. I want – those of you watching, I may look excited, and maybe I sound excited. Uh, It's passion, and I want to drive this point home because I'm sick and tired of hearing the partisans – at CNN and MSNBC and everywhere else, even at Fox News, just all over the place, and with politicians, trying to convince what I see with my own eyes is not true. They're trying to convince that if I walk outside right now and I see blue skies, oh, no, you don't. You see gray and doom. That is what they're effectively doing. Because with my own eyes, and my, you know, I I, I wasn't born yesterday. Uh, And I'm old enough to remember a few things that have been happening in the last (laughs) administrations or two. And I'm smart enough to know if you're trying to convince me that I need to throw out, I need to remove a duly elected president 13 months before an election where we the people can decide what happens to President Trump. But... The steep state, the Washington swamp, whatever you want to call them, the administrative state and the media is trying to convince me that I should be for throwing out a duly elected president on the basis of aid being withheld from the Ukraine when, in fact, the only president who released the aid and sent the Javelin missiles and sent the full-on aid to the Ukraine was President Donald J. Trump. Now, again, I don't care who the Democrats are. I don't care who the Republicans are. None of that matters. Only actions and facts matter. And for eight years, the Obama administration withheld aid. I don't even care why they did it. The fact is they did withhold aid. And the president who released the aid... And is actually being a partner and helping and coming to the back or having the back of Ukraine is President Donald J. Trump. So I'll get into a little bit about this impeachment hearings, but I wanted to get that out of the way first because those are the simple, simple facts. And if you can look at the facts without your partisan D hat or R or whatever you think you are or want to be just look at the facts. And the reason why I'm asking Democrats to let go of their emotions let go of their feelings and let go of that marriage to the letter D is because if you succeed in doing this to President Trump then you set the precedence for the Republicans to do it to your next beloved president, whether that be another Obama or uh, fake Indian Warren or socialist Sanders, um, any any – let's just say one day. There's going to be another Democrat president, Uh, unfortunately so. I mean, I say that because today's Democrats are basically gone, lost their minds, and have gone socialist. And I don't want any of them to be president. But one day we're going to have another Democrat president. And everything that's being done today can be done tomorrow. Every precedent that is set today can be used against your guy tomorrow. So your guy of the future... You're setting him up right now. If you're a Democrat supporter right now and you're supporting this baseless impeachment hearing, you, you you were supporting the baseless Russia hoax. You supported that, and that went nowhere. Now you're supporting this baseless impeachment hearings. If you support all of these things, you are basically setting up your guy of the future – to be taken down by these very methods that you're using because you are setting precedence, and precedence matters. Um, and for, you know, for those of you out there who may not be familiar with what precedence is, I'm basically saying what you lay down today as your law or, or 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 your methods let's say the methods that are being used to try and oust a duly elected president those methods that are being used today once you set those in, in in motion and then you succeed if if they succeed then those methods succeed they can be used in the future uh, our whole judicial basis more or less is set up on precedent the supreme court always refers to case precedent so take my word Uh, you don't have to agree with me all the time you don't have to like me even which come on it's kind of hard not to like me let this admit it (laughs) so but no i'm being serious if you don't have to like me you don't have to believe everything i say But trust me when I say whatever precedents you set today can be used against your guy tomorrow. So you really, really ought to take off your hat, your Democrat hat, take off your partisan hat, take off uh, or or divorce your letter D or even your letter R. And, And this is I'm also talking to you never Trumpers. I'm talking to you, too because everything you set in motion today every if you succeed on any of them they can be used against your guy tomorrow so keep that in mind don't don't uh, this applies with just about everything uh, and and I'm I'm I just I wouldn't take it lightly if if you're a, a supporter if you're a never trumper or if you're a, a democrat who just cannot think objectively Because you, for some reason, you just can't stand President Trump's tweets, or you just don't think he's a good guy, or you're so mad that he won. You're so mad that 63 million-plus people voted for him and put him in office that you can't see past that anger. Uh, You're doing yourself a disservice, and you're doing whoever your guy might be in the future. You're doing them a disservice. They may not know it, but you are. Okay. Okay. All right, let's – let let's uh, let me change gears a little bit and and move – I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Shift Head Adam and his ridiculous – this whole sham that's going on. That piece of ship. <laughs> yeah, that piece of ship. Ladies and gentlemen, he said ship. S-H-I-P.
2: No, I said shift.
1: Well, he said shift. S-H-I-P. That piece of ship. <laughs>
2: that's right. Uh, look – He's he's the epitome of the old attorney joke. Do you remember that? Which one? How can you tell when an
1: attorney is lying? Oh, his lips are moving. His lips are moving. that's Schiff. That's about the truth. Look, Adam Schiff has got to be one of the biggest liars in Washington. And this man is – look, folks, I I don't know if any of you watched, and David, I don't know if you saw any of the hearings this morning. Um, But Adam Schiff got caught. Again, cold caught, busted uh, in his lies, and and let me see if I can sum this up real quick. Uh, again, this isn't going to be verbatim. I'm just I'm bringing this strictly from memory, and I wasn't even that tuned in. I just had this on the hearings on in the background, but basically, um, I think it was Jim Jordan um, and 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 Representative Radcliffe who 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 are so awesome in their factual questioning that. Basically, uh, Venman, who Lieutenant Colonel Venman, and believe me, he will correct you if you do not call him Lieutenant Colonel Venman. Uh, but look, I'm not begrudging him; he earned that title. Uh, but uh, but anyway, Venman's there, and he's he has given. Remember, folks, everyone that is in the hearing this week and last week, they were in the basement, in the dungeons of the uh, house, giving private testimony and hidden testimony that Adam Schiff, shipless Adam wouldn't allow anyone to hear. So every question that Adam is leading the witness with, so-called witness, he already knows what they're going to say because he's already heard they have been deposed. He's heard their their, their depositions. He's heard it all because they had these hidden, ridiculously hidden, and, and never before done in the way that Adam Schiff did them where he closed out the republicans he wouldn't let them ask questions and uh basically so so you know let me I don't, I don't want to get into all that right now but but just understand that everything adam and the democrats are adding they, the asking of these so-called witnesses they already know that's why there's a lot of leading going on if you're in the if you're a lawyer out there or if you've watched lawyer shows and you hear the term leading the witness that is what's happening right now with these uh here is so-called hearings uh but but basically um Vinman had already testified that he, when he heard the phone call, that he left the phone call and he went and told two people. He testified to that. Now, today in the hearing, he was asked, okay, one of those people you openly said was uh, Ambassador Kent. I believe it was uh, the ambassador. Uh, Kent was an ambassador. Um, and then the second person, he's, he will not reveal the second person. Uh, Adam Schiff will not let him reveal it, and, and uh, Venman openly will not reveal. He wouldn't reveal it in the, in the hidden test. Well, it's, we don't know if he revealed it in the hidden testimony. But since he's been going public, he hasn't and will not reveal it. So think about that as we go to this next break, that he testified that he told two people, but he'll only tell Congress that he in the public one of those people. Think about that. We're going to a break. We'll be right back. This is On Point with Victor. This is America's Web Radio.
2: Good morning. My name is Mike Mizell. I'm a retired Army colonel and president of the Johns Creek Veterans Association. We meet in Newtown Park, and part of one of our projects is the installation of the healing wall, the half-scale model of the Vietnam Wall that traveled the United States. Well, it's coming to rest, and it's going to live in Johns Creek forever, the half-scale model. We're looking at possibly a March implementation, ribbon-cutting ceremony, and we're looking for donors and sponsors that want to help us in this great project. You can donate at jcvets.org.
4: Hi, this is Ron Camacho, host of the Business Hour on America's Web Radio. If you'd like to hear an eclectic mix of great programs from relationships with Dr. Ann Shebert to homegrown veggies and from classic cars to the Constitution, we've got programs for discerning listeners at www.americaswebradio.com.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: we're back ladies and gentlemen welcome back I am Victor and that is um, this is on point with Victor and you're getting common sense and logic that that's the analysis you're gonna get here folks and uh, uh, you know I, I just I can't put it any simpler and I'm really really trying to break this down so that everybody can understand no one can accuse me of uh, elitist talk to try and get things over uh people's heads. Uh, I don't ever want to be accused of that. So, <laughs> so all right. Uh so so basically you've got Venman who already testified that he told two people the shiftless shift head Adam will only allow him to uh, say one person which we know is Kent. So Jordan in his brilliance and Radcliffe also, in their questioning with to Venman, uh basically says so uh, you have testified under oath that you told two people, and one of those people is Kent. Who was the other guy? And Venman is looking at them, trying to figure out what he's going to say. Well, Adam, Shift Head uh, well, Adam, interrupts and tries to shut down the line of questioning. And what does Adam say? Adam says, I will not allow this to go on because we will not unveil the whistleblower. We are not going to out the whistleblower. Well, let me tell you something, folks. If you're not caught on to my logic here, let me, just let me let me explain it to you in in the way that Jordan and Radcliffe did. Because Jordan and Radcliffe are pretty, pretty darn quick and they're pretty darn sharp, and we're lucky to have them in the House. We're lucky to have them in Congress. Because they quickly turned to shift, especially uh, Jim Jordan, quickly turned to shift and said, Now, wait a minute. If you, Adam Shift, Representative Shift, you Shift Head Adam, You have said repeatedly that you do not know who the whistleblower is. You've stated in the public, you've stated behind the scenes, you've stated everywhere, including in this hearing, that you do not know who the whistleblower is. And then he turned to Vindman. He goes, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, you have testified under oath and said publicly that you do not know who the whistleblower is. Therefore, how would it be possible to out the whistleblower if neither one of them knew who the whistleblower is. Are you following me here, folks? Venman sat there and testified that he told two people. And one of them he can reveal, and one of them he can't reveal. And then when he gets pushed by the Republicans to reveal the second person, Adam Schiff jumps in and says, we will not out the whistleblower. How can you not out the whistleblower, or how can you... Now I'm confusing myself. How can you out the whistleblower if you don't know who the whistleblower is? And Venman testified under oath that he didn't know who the whistleblower is. Folks, I am sitting here right now telling you that they just, this whole thing is crumbling in our, right before our very eyes, if you can look at it objectively. It's the whole impeachment thing came crumbling down. It's already been crumbling, but. You do not have to be a brain surgeon or a rocket scientist to start putting two and two together. Here's what I, I think happened. Venman was on the call, heard a few things, and said, hey, you know what? I could take this out of context. Never did he think that Trump would release the transcript. So I'm going to go run, and I'm going to tell somebody in, in the intelligence apparatus that uh, – you know what? There may be a uh, uh, quid fro-crow here. Uh, I'm not comfortable with what Trump's saying. I think he said that, and I think he told that to Kent, which maybe Kent was in the need to know, babe. maybe they was need to know. That's fine. But I also think he told that other person that they won't reveal who maybe was the whistleblower or maybe is the whistleblower or is the connection to the whistleblower. Uh, but basically... None of that phone call information was supposed to go out of the need to know chain of command. Now, look, Lieutenant Colonel uh, Venman knows very well the chain of command. And when you are in the intelligence and you're dealing with the executive branch uh, or anything else, and that, that's high level intelligence. There is a need-to-know chain of command. If you are not in that need-to-know bubble, you don't get to know what was in the know. So but so basically, that phone call or this this allegation that it wasn't right, or something was wrong with the phone call was leaked. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you that I think the leaker was sitting right there in front of the, everyone today at the hearing in, in the form of Venman. I think Venman basically was out, was was the leak, and Adam Schiff knows who the whistleblower is. We we actually know that, so we know Adam Schiff has been lying. Um, we know he knows who the whistleblower is. It has been factually confirmed that he knows who the whistleblower is, but yet he's going to sit there and lie and tell you that he doesn't. And I'm here to tell you that Venman knows who the whistleblower is, but. I mean, that's just part of this clown show that was going on today, folks. And and this is why it's so frustrating, uh, because I don't care where you stand politically. You do not in this country. We should not ever, ever allow or be part of lies to oust a president. Just because your side didn't win, when did it become okay to try and impeach a president because you disagree with his policy? Policy disagreement is not a reason for impeachment. Because you don't like Donald Trump's attitude, or you don't like his style, or you don't like his tweets, that is not an impeachable offense. Not liking Donald Trump's style or policy That is not a crime. These are not impeachable offenses, folks. So, again, this is why I talk about precedence. And you should start asking yourself, if you are a dead-in-the-wool Democrat and you think you're so right and you think socialism is the way to go and you really want to change this country because you think people agree with you and you think that this country needs to be socialist and we need to get behind the Democrats – Well, you know what? You've got an election in 13 months. Get off your butt, get on the ground, go convince people to your side, and go vote. That's how you change the direction of this country. We've been doing it for 240-plus years. There's no country on this earth that can reverse course or change course, or however you want to put it, like the United States of America. Because we can do it every four years without one bullet being fired, one life being lost. Because we can go to the ballot box and pull the lever for who you think should be leading this country. And in 2016, in this beautiful, wonderful, unbelievable country, 63 million plus people gave Donald Trump an electoral landslide and put him into the office of the presidency. They deemed him Chief executive. They made him, they took a businessman and said, You've been CEO of uh, your different companies. Now we want you to be CEO of the United States of America. It's as simple as that, ladies and gentlemen. I, I, I cannot make this any more simpler. What is going on right now? I mean, folks, oh my gosh, if you doubt me, please do some research. Why don't you do a Nexus Lexus search or a Google search or a DuckDuckGo search and find out when the first time the word impeachment in reference to President Trump was used? Do a search and find out when it was used. Ladies and gentlemen, the impeachment word connected to Donald Trump was being used before he was even elected. These people... Have tipped their hand. You just got to see it. You got to take off your partisan hat. You have the, the one of the main lawyers the Democrats are using in this impeachment probe tweeted out. In 2016, or this may have been in 2015, the end of 2015, I think it was 2016, he tweeted out, the coup has begun. Those are his words. The Democrat lawyer who's knee-deep into all this impeachment fiasco going on actually tweeted out, the coup has begun. I can't put it any clearer. They can't put any more clear than that. This is how brazen the Democrats have become and their followers and the deep state has become. They are so convinced in their holiness that they're really starting to remove the veil. But for a Democrat lawyer to have tweeted out the coup has begun, for an FBI agent to tweet out we have a backup plan. All, I mean, folks, these are people in the United States government who think they know better than you. And these are people who are actually well, well entrenched in Washington, who are not happy. Let me go down this list with you folks. They're not happy that their beloved Hillary lost 2016. They really can't stand that Bush lost the primaries in 2015. Uh, They're not happy that Donald J. Trump was elected president. They're not happy that President Donald J. Trump is a doer. He is not a politician. He is a business doer. They hate that. And when I'm talking, when I say they, I'm talking about the administrative state, the deep state, the Washington swamp, the Democrats that hold office right now, the media. I'm referring to all of them. They cannot stand the fact that President Trump actually knows how to be an executive leader. Folks, the president of the United States is the head of the executive branch in our government. L- for those of you out there who may have gone to a government school, and look, folks, I went to a government school, but today's government schools are quite a little bit different. And so for those of you out there, there are three branches in the United States government uh, with the executive branch being one of them. And President Trump is head, the leader, the CEO, uh, the boss man of the executive branch. And part of and the is also duties... also
2: able, able to dish out clemency.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And per the Constitution, and also per the Constitution, the executive branch sets foreign policy. The president sets foreign policy. And what you have right now are a bunch of people that are mad because he actually has the audacity to do his duty as President of the United States. All right, folks, we've got to take another break. I know it's going by fast. Hang with me. We'll get to a little bit more. Uh, just hang tight. You're listening to America's Web Radio on Point with Victor.
3: This is Dr. Susan Blank, host of Detailing Addiction on America's Web Radio. Please join us at 4 p.m. on Tuesday afternoons.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the Americas Broadcast Network.com. Thank you for listening.
1: And welcome back, folks. Welcome back to the show. All right. Um, so, I. So, uh, I, I got to deviate in, in a second because I got a I question that I really, really want to get to and I want um, but, but ba- to answer. But basically, to sum it up, you've got a lot of bureaucrats. They are bureaucrats that have been entrenched. In- remember a couple of weeks ago, uh, I did a show and I talked about um, how we have career, not just career politicians, but career staff members, career bureaucrats they're all over Washington. They're holdovers. You've got Bush one holdovers, Bush two holdovers, Clinton holdovers, a lot of Obama holdovers. This is the danger of a big government. This is why the founders of this country did not want a big centralized government. This is why the foundings of the the founding fathers were very much against a huge, big, uh, centralized federal government. Uh, folks, this is why the United States Constitution very clearly dictates 18 enumerated powers of the federal government. Everything else is supposed to go to the states. And the biggest reason is because of all these holdovers that I talk about, these entrenched bureaucrats that you're hearing now. They're being paraded one by one right now, ladies and gentlemen, these so-called witnesses, what are they a witness to, folks? Ask yourself that. What are they a witness to? Most of these people, in fact, all of them, but two or three of them, that are being paraded in front of the house in these so-called impeachment hearings. None of them have firsthand information of the phone call. None of them do. All of it is hearsay. Uh, I, some, so and so's uncle's brother's sister's mother's daughter's aunt said this. So. I feel this, and I felt this, so I must give you my opinion. That's what's happening, and so you've got these bureaucrats that not only are, are are spouting hearsay and their opinion. So again, what are they a witness to? All they're doing is giving us their opinion, and when it gets down to it, these bureaucrats have had their feelings hurt because. Donald J. Trump is actually performing as an executive should perform. He is setting the course because he is duly afforded that purpose by the Constitution. He is not going to the deep state bureaucrats. He's not going to the holdovers. He's not going to the Obama lights. He's not going uh, to all the Obama holdovers that still think they run and set foreign policy. He's not doing that. So now their feelings are hurt. They're pissed off because suddenly they've been reduced to nothing because they can't set policy anymore. They are pissed off because all the work they did under Obama is being obliterated by Donald J. Trump, and it pisses them off. So now they're parading themselves one by one in front of the House in so-called impeachment hearings to give their opinions on why their feelings are hurt. Because if you listen closely to what they're saying, all of their opinions they're giving, it all comes down to, well, this is the way we used to do things. This is the way policy was. This has been up to this date our policy uh, for the Ukraine or our Russian policy or our Mexican policy or our Canadian policy. That's what they're saying. But, folks, when a president gets elected by the people to run the executive branch – He gets to set foreign policy. He does not have to go into the swamp and become part of the swamp. That is why Donald Trump is hated so much by these people. And that is why, and ask yourself, why can't we just wait 13 months and have the election? If this many people agree with the Democrats, then Donald Trump will not be reelected. Ask yourself why the Democrats and the bureaucrats and the deep state and the, and the administrative state can't wait and just have and go vote. Why? Because they're terrified that Donald Trump is on his way to an overwhelming landslide of a re-election. That's what they're afraid of, folks. They're so afraid to let we, the people, make the decision. Ladies and gentlemen, the United States of the the – let me back up. The United States Constitution gives we the people the right to set course of this country's direction. We the people send representatives to Congress, including the president, to serve us. But right now, if you listen to the Democrats and you listen to the bureaucrats and you listen to these career politicians, they don't want to trust you. They don't want to trust me. They don't want to trust the voting box. They think they should be able to remove the president because they disagree with him and they disagree with what we the people, what you did in 2016. And by golly, you got it wrong in 2016, and they can't take a chance on you and we getting it wrong again in 2020. That's how they view this. I'm telling you, folks, this is how they view it. Okay. Let me get to to a question real quick so So we have a question that was sent uh, right now live to me. Uh, that's asking how come some of his Democrat friends are asking him, and unfortunately, <laughs> this guy has a lot of Democrat friends. Look, folks, so do I. I have some Democrat uh, friends, too, and I have fun with them. But uh, but this guy is being inundated with questions from his De- Democrat friends that claim that Republicans are not allowing uh, their witnesses or their... And again, folks, ask yourself, what are these people witnesses to? You've got to ask that question. Uh, so anyway, so they're asking uh, uh, this uh, uh, caller here or not a caller, this uh, listener. They're asking him, "Why are the Republicans not allowing witnesses to testify under oath, folks?" This is simple. Uh, let me think of a good way to put this. But but let me try. I'll try and make this simple. Um, there is a such thing called executive privilege under the executive branch, and when you have spent three years being harassed. You've got people coming with false claim after false claim after false claim, folks. When was the last time you heard about the Russia collusion case? When was the last time you heard about the Mueller case? Funny how quick they dropped that. Why? Because we wasted two years and thirty-five plus billion dollars chasing a Russian hoax that in the end the Mueller investigation exonerated president trump that is why you haven't heard anything about it anymore that is why suddenly oh my gosh don't don't for, forget about here don't don't look over here this this Mueller investigation forget about that we got to go about this phone call we've got to go to the ukrainian uh, quid pro quo so now they're on to something else So if you are a Republican in the executive branch and you're President Trump and you've spent the last three years being inundated by people in your own party, people in the opposition party, people in the deep state who are trying and formulating every day a way to get rid of you. They're trying to drive down your approval numbers. You've got a media that is 98% against you. You've got a media that's, that is every day trying to convince the American people that, that you as the executive branch leader did something wrong so that they will bring down your, your polling or, or, or your approval ratings because Washington lives and dies by these ridiculous polls. And the Democrats figure that if they can drive down the polls of Donald Trump or the approval ratings of Donald Trump, if they can do that enough, then they can convince the Senate people like Romney that the Donald. Let get started to vote against and vote for impeaching Trump and removing him. Uh, that's what they're doing. So to get back to the question here on why are aren't Republicans why why are some in the executive branch not going to testify? The simple reason is because executive privilege. The simple reason is why would you subject yourself to a sham? Why would you legitimize, legitimize this impeachment farce by going and, 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 and getting – going to participate in this? All you're doing is opening yourself up to a perjury trap. And that's what these people in Congress are trying to do. Uh, they're trying to get them to come up. So why would you, if you were Donald Trump, if you were in the executive branch, why would you want to uh, put yourself into that abuse, open yourself to abuse this way, and and lend legitimacy to something that you know is not legitimate? So that is the main reason why you're not having Republicans go and 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 be so called witnesses. Um, you know, where's yeah. the, where are where is the public? besides
2: myself and I've been tweeting this out I've been Facebooking this out I've been doing live commercials or you know how much is this costing us the Mueller fiasco Mm. was 35 million plus you know if these son of a bitches would go get to work the Democrats do something instead of all of this Mickey Mouse baloney Mm. and uh, well, that piece of shift, he doesn't know what work is other than to lie. No. Well, but when is the public going to realize that this is costing us
1: lots of money? Well, it's funny you should say that, Dave, because when you look at the Mueller investigation, of that was $35 billion plus, and then you look now at this, uh, this, this – the cards are falling, the impeachment hearing. This is all collapsing. So you've got to ask yourself like you are, David, how much is this costing? Because this is taxpayers' dollars that they are wasting day after day after day going after uh, these fake accusations and this fake impeachment hearings. All of this stuff that they're creating and trying to – and it is a coup. They're trying to enact this coup. They're spending taxpayer dollars. So, David, you are absolutely correct to point out. The millions and billions of dollars that are being wasted, that have already been wasted, and continue to be wasted, but it, that's not all, though, David. It's not just that tax dollars. There's no legislative being done. No, that's no what I'm legislative the Why don't business. The business to work. Yeah, the business of the American people is being pushed aside because these Democrats are not doing any legislation. And while I'm on that, I want to call out. Look, I know some of you. Get you, you get a little cringy, I think, when I bring up Lindsey Graham and McConnell because I'm getting tired of Lindsey Graham going on every conservative show that he can and grandstanding on how I'm not going to allow this to happen and I'm going to call so-and-so and I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to is all I've heard out of Lindsey Graham and McConnell. Where is the action, Lindsey? Look, I like Lindsey Graham, and I'm so glad that he is, uh, at least in the last couple of years, seems to have been doing his job uh, and, and, and coming to the – to the or having the back of President Trump and and looking at the facts that are coming out. But I'm getting tired of him. Saying he's going to do all these things and not doing them. Lindsey Graham controls the Senate Judiciary Committee. I believe it's that committee. And he can do exactly what Adam Schiff is doing. Lindsey Graham can start subpoenaing and and having investigations. And he needs to start doing. Folks, I'm running out of time here. Um, And and again, uh, I'm not trying to oust Lindsey Graham yet. I'm just saying we need to hold these people and make them perform actions words aren't enough and lindsey graham is saying a lot but he's doing little all right folks there's a whole lot that i wanted to get into and i can't get into it now so when
2: was the last time that our congress our house of representatives worked oh three years
1: ago (laughs) maybe i mean i, I you know, literally did with, something with the exception of the executive branch donald trump is doing um i mean you got to look at what he's doing i mean that guy is doing what he can and because he's a doer all right folks tune in next week i'm going to pick up where i left off next week so uh, make sure you tune in uh but stay tuned now because coming up is locked and loaded with roger b so stay tuned folks america's web radio
0: you're listening to america's web radio on the americas broadcast Network.com. thank you for listening